So the U.S. economy is booming. It's wildly resilient. It's never been better. At least if you're looking at the headline data, listening to mainstream pundits and listening to everything the Federal Reserve has to tell you, that is what you'd be saying. But of course, it's a little bit more complicated than that. And as we usually do here at the Bitcoin Layer, we're going to dive deep a little bit into the headline numbers so you can actually get a better view about how the U.S. economy is doing and why it's a little bit more complicated than the out-and-out -out resilience that's advertised to you by the mainstream pundits. We'll talk to you all about that up next. But first word from this video sponsor, River. You guys, River is changing the game when it comes to buying Bitcoin. You can go to river.com right now. You can DCA into Bitcoin, do recurring orders with zero fees, and you could also enjoy proprietary multi-sig self-custody so that you know when you buy Bitcoin on river.com, it's not being lent out to any other counterparties. It's being kept in their safe and proprietary self-custody solution so that you can rest with peace of mind. You could also withdraw at any time. And of course, they also have 24-7 US US-based phone support, which I personally love because I do not like waiting in the line for somebody from another country who may not speak English and may not know how to deal with my problems. You guys can go to river.com to get started today or go to river.com slash TBL and get $5 in free Bitcoin when you buy $100 in Bitcoin. And now on with the show. So getting right into it here, ultimately gross domestic product, which is the way that we like to measure economic growth here in the United States, has a lot to do with spending, right? And when it has a lot to do with spending, you can really goose the underlying economic conditions to make that GDP growth propped up, right? Ultimately, when economic prosperity isn't measured by economic prosperity, instead it's measured by spending, then you do everything in your power to prop up that spending. And that's precisely what we've done for the last several decades. If you take a look here, this is the federal deficit as a percentage of GDP. And you can see this is widening out negative as the years go on. Ultimately, this shows us that the United States economic growth is not so much a function of increased productivity, but rather a function of endless net debt growth. You can see the last time that we spent more or that we earned more money than we spent was here. You can see my cursor in 2002. I started uh, doing direct window capture instead of trying to point at these things, make it easier for you, the home viewer. Uh, you can see the last time that we earned more money than we uh, spent was in 2002. The last time we were a truly productive country beyond our debt was in 2002. And of course, since then, it has only gotten much, much, much worse. So when the economists, when the pundits talk about economic growth, what they're really talking about is this multi-decade long debt-fueled binge that has allowed this economic growth to happen, which is really just perpetual spending, right? Ultimately, that's how we measure economic growth, like I said, and so it's in economists' best interest to make it so that people and businesses spend as much as possible. That's why since 2008, we've had 0% interest rates. And of course, that changed back in March 2022. And it continues to change as rates are now at 5.5% and climbing. Uh, and for businesses, the exact same thing. For the last 14 years, we've had endless easy money conditions because, again, economic growth as it pertains to GDP or GDP as it pertains to economic growth is all about spending, right? And so that is the bottom line. And it's to everyone's detriment. If you look here, personal income uh, came in in the month of September at 0.3%, right? So it grew by 0.3% in the month of September. And personal spending grew by 0.7%, right? Okay, and what does that tell us? I mean, last month they were in line with one another. Okay, personal income rose 0.4%, personal spending rose by the same. But when the amount that you're spending is growing faster than what you're taking in, it, that doesn't show economic resiliency at all. I mean, 
all the headlines are pointing to the US economy having never been better and the consumer is feeling absolutely resilient. They have this tremendous amount of excess savings. But the reality of the situation is uh, incomes are not growing as fast as spending is. And of course, that makes sense, right? Rates are rising, more expensive for companies to pay workers, uh, you know, higher wages. Uh, and so obviously living expenses don't really change. Uh, with interest rates now up, it's becoming more expensive for the end consumer too. And so uh, as, you know, businesses and consumers tighten their belts, it makes sense that this would be happening, but this doesn't show resiliency at all. Uh, you know, 14 years of 0% interest rates, it brought us buy now, pay later schemes for your Domino's pizza, right? You can literally go onto an app and finance your Domino's pizza. That's how bad it's gotten, right? So uh, a person who's spending more than they're bringing in, not just at the individual level here, right? Personal income, but also at the, at the nationwide level, uh, at, a, at a company, at a government level, um, it's not good. It doesn't point to resiliency at all. And if you look at just the headline number, right, 4.9% GDP, that's huge. That's amazing, right? You'd write home about that. You'd write a letter to mom and dad about that. The reality of the situation is it's it's much worse than, than they want you to believe. It's, it's basically this weekend, you know, this multi-decade debt binge. If you look at the debt to GDP ratio, uh, debt is growing at a much faster clip than GDP, right? So not only are we spending much more than we're producing, but also, uh, again, as measured by GDP, debt is severely outstripping economic productivity. I, I wouldn't call this growth, right? If you are uh, an individual and you continue taking out credit card after credit card after credit card, granted, you're paying down like 80% of each credit card, but nevertheless, you're continually taking on revolving credit to fund your purchases, you're not rich, you're just increasingly, increasingly in debt. And that's the case here in the United States. Now, granted, people are buying our debt, people are buying US treasuries. But as you can see, in order to keep up the same level of economic growth, economic productivity, right, which GDP just measures spending uh, to, to a very large degree, we've needed to increase our debt issuance more and more and more and more. That's not healthy, that's not sustainable. What are the problems that this causes, right? What, what are the problems that this increased debt issuance causes? Well, here's the deal. If the US economy is propped up to a large degree by not just consumer debt, but by federal debt, by running these huge fiscal deficits, the election is coming up in a little bit over a year, right? So, you know, how can you justify increasing fiscal spending at a time like that? You can't. When it comes to election cycles, it's very difficult to ramp up fiscal spending into that. You, you bring down fiscal spending. Otherwise, your opponent is going to use that against you. So if the economy right now is propped up increasingly so by these huge deficits, by this widening amount of debt, and into the next year, that fiscal spending is going to have to slow down, what happens when spending slows? The economy is going to collapse. I wouldn't use the word collapse necessarily, but at the very least, the fiscal deficit debt-fueled boom that is allowing the economy to prosper in, in some small or large part, we know this verifiably with these two data points right here, that's going to take the wind from underneath the U.S. economy's sails and uh, <laughs> take the wind out of uh, sales that are already having the wind taken out from underneath it with slowing consumer spending and slowing business credit uh, expansion. Uh, other law, uh, other issues that this uh, this huge debt issuance has caused. Well, it sent yields spiking way higher, right? Which has created 
$1.605 trillion worth of losses in the US Treasury market. We've talked about this a few times before here at TBL. And if you follow me on Twitter, you might be watching this on Twitter. Uh, if so, hello, you could also check out the YouTube channel. It's a link in my bio uh, for where all this long form content it, it sits and is going to be. Um, losses on US Treasuries, 1.6 trillion. Okay, that's the other issue that's caused by this massive, massive debt issuance and also the Fed raising rates. Well, that's an issue that the Fed has fixed, right? It's been able to paper over that successfully. We know this because uh, the bank term funding program, which is the emergency loans that people take out due to these interest rate hikes, uh, they park their US treasuries there to you know, stop the bleeding, prevent themselves from having to sell them. Uh, it's allowed banks to weather the storm, right? Clearly, this facility is doing its magic. It has allowed banks to survive. What it hasn't prevented, though, is the United States interest expense from rising to 9.8 uh, 0.98 rather trillion dollars, 981 billion dollars as of uh, September 30th, as of Q3. Now, this is the first Q3 number. Chances are it's going to be over 1 trillion by the time that we get the revision, and it's definitely going to be over 1 trillion uh, before 2024 hits. Uh, you could see 910 billion dollars in June. $981 billion. This is an annual payment that the U.S. has to pay, the U.S. government has to pay on the interest expense on its debt alone, right? So think about it this way. The U.S. economy is increasingly propped up by widening fiscal deficits by this massive, massive multi-decade debt binge, right? Spending more than we're making. And on that debt, we have to pay nearly $1 trillion and it continues to rise. Moreover, we have to pay $1 trillion annually on that debt and it continues to rise as tax receipts are weakening, because like I said at the beginning of this call, income is not rising as fast as spending is because we're headed into an economic downturn. So what's the end game for all of this? Well, something has to give. Something certainly has to give. Either we slow down debt issuance, let the economy collapse, or somehow, someway, rates have to come back down so that we can finance these ever-widening fiscal deficits. And let me tell you, uh, granted, I haven't been on this earth probably as much uh, uh, as long as many of the people watching this video know. But one thing I do know is that austerity and productivity gains are never the solution that the Fed and the U.S. government chooses. Debt issuance will not slow. Uh, we will not be austere as a nation and slow our spending. We're funding three separate foreign wars on the brink of World War III that none of our politicians seem like they want to avert. So austerity is off the table. Productivity gains are off the table. How do we fix this? Rates come back down. More debt issuance. That's the name of the game time and time again. Uh, of course, don't believe everything you read. Only believe half of what you see. Uh, this whole 4.9% GDP growth tomfoolery, this is the chart you should be paying attention to not the silly headline data. If you enjoyed this video, make sure you follow the Twitter account you might be watching this on. And of course, if you're watching it on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and the notification bell so you get notified whenever we upload a new video. Keep it here at the Bitcoin layer for all going on in Bitcoin and markets. We'll talk to you later. Once again, special thanks to River for sponsoring this video. You guys can visit river.com to get the best in class Bitcoin buying experience where you get zero fees when you set up a recurring order. They also have 24 seven US based phone support and every Bitcoin you buy will be placed on their proprietary multi-sig self-custody solution so that you can have peace of mind knowing that your Bitcoin isn't being lent out to any counterparties and of course withdraw at any time. That's all for today's video. Have a good one guys.